Hamid. Great turnout here. So you're now our third stop. We started this in my home district. Uh, we broadcast it live on Rumble, and I want to thank everybody that's watching on Rumble and all the real non-fake news organizations that are carrying this and streaming this live. Appreciate you covering real news. And this week, we're actually going to break real news, and we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, but we went uh, into Cali other parts of California. Uh, then we were in Charlotte, North Carolina last month, and now we're here in the great, I guess it's the northeast corner of the great state of Indiana. Fort, Fort Wayne. You call this, uh, am I going to say this, wo-wo country? Wo-wo country? So thank you all for coming out on a Saturday morning. Uh, this is what we need to save this country, is people coming out on a Saturday morning, people watching live on Rumble, people sharing it on all the other socialist censorship, social media companies that will probably ban it or take it down. But we need people sharing this information because we're the party of real ideas. We're not the party of hypocrisy. And so we need to spread that word no matter how much they censor us, we're gonna break through doing events like this because people like you will come out and take part in trying to restore some balance and civility to this government in the United States of America. So without any further ado, let me welcome up, very popular guy around here, longtime radio host, Pat Miller, please come to the stage. So when I first was going to do this event, I was going to come out for Congressman Jim Banks. Uh, we were going to have him on stage. And then I kind of got a little nervous because he's Nancy Pelosi's best friend. <laughs> so I wasn't sure if we should have him on stage or not. He's making me a little nervous. But welcome, Nancy Pelosi's best friend, Congressman Jim Banks. Well, Jim, thanks for welcoming me here to, to Fort Wayne, to your, your district, and uh, was uh, over in South Bend yesterday with Jackie Walorski. Uh, this state is just phenomenal. I mean, you guys have had good governors, good governance, uh, opposite of California. I can actually drive on the roads without hitting potholes like I do in California, <laughs> uh, even though we're paying $5 a gallon now for gasoline, the highest taxes uh, in, the, in the country, and the roads are still terrible. But... I didn't realize when we came out here that all of a sudden you're going to be in the news so much. And, and I, you know, it's almost like we planned it, you know, we orchestrated it with Pelosi. I don't know if, if you did that on purpose, but I think people do want to know uh, because obviously Pelosi's been uh, politicizing uh, the riot that happened at the Capitol. Uh, she, it's been nonstop. All you have to know is that the United States Senate's in a 50-50 split right now. They have committees that meet. They've done two reports. We've done nothing, right? So she kept politicizing it, politicizing it. Finally, and I thought we shouldn't participate in this scam because it was obviously it was going to be political. It was going to be biased. But then finally, the leadership decided that well, we need to get some good folks like you to run this uh, to run this investigation. And then within 24 hours, what the hell did you do to her? What? what? <laughs> You seem like a good guy. I mean, you've, you've been in a, you know, this is your third term in Congress and you do a good job. You keep your head down. You work hard. Everybody wants to know what the hell happened. 
Well, I, I don't know if my district is proud of me or not. Oh, yeah. Nancy Pelosi oh, yeah. rejected oh, yeah. your congressman. Uh, Devin, the bottom line is simple. Nancy Pelosi knew that I was going to ask the tough questions that she doesn't want to answer. It's as simple as that. Because on January 6th, the United States Capitol was vulnerable. There was a complete systemic breakdown of security at the United States Capitol. And at the very top of the food chain is the Speaker of the House. Mm -hmm. She is accountable for that systemic breakdown of security. And she knew that Jim Jordan and I were going to go out and ask questions about why that was the case. And she, she caught wind of that uh, right before she made the announcement that she was rejecting Jim Jordan and I. I was meeting with the head of the Capitol Police Union, who represents the rank-and-file members of the United States Capitol Police. By the way, in Northeast Indiana, we back the blue, right? Yeah. I was meeting with the head of the Capitol Police Union, who told us that even though there was an intelligence report three weeks before January 6th that something bad was going to happen that day, the United States Capitol Police officers were not trained for what was going to happen. They were not prepared for what was going to happen. They weren't equipped for what was going to happen that day. Wouldn't, that, wouldn't questions about that be the obvious questions that you would ask on a commission about January 6th? Why was that the case? Why did they ignore an intelligence report for three weeks and not do anything about it? What, why did they decide or who decided that it was bad, quote, bad optics for the National Guard to be called to protect the Capitol that day. That was a political decision by the Speaker of the House and others around her who made that, who made that decision. That was bad optics. Those are the tough questions Nancy Pelosi didn't want to answer, and that's why she, that's why so, she canceled me. So how did it happen? I mean, you're, you were talking to me about, about you know, different decisions that you needed to make. You were organizing. At what point uh, did you find out? How did this leak out? Were you notified by someone, or, or how did you discover it? Yeah, I, I found out about it on Twitter, right? Um, I tell you, you should not be on there. It's a sewer. I, I know. Uh, the speaker called Kevin McCarthy. By the way, uh, Kevin McCarthy is the the best Republican leader that we've had in 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 recent in a long in a long long time, and and here's why: because he fights back. He fights back, and he he knew that if we were going to participate in this sham, he needed fighters like me and Jim Jordan to go to go ask the tough questions. So when she said, I'm not going to accept Jim Jordan and Jim Banks, she has a bias against Jims. Um, when she decided she wasn't going to accept the two of us, Kevin said, we're out. We're not going to legitimize a, a sham process. Yeah. But um, we, we, we found out she, she called Leader McCarthy and uh, told him that that would be the case. And Kevin didn't even think about it. He said, we're, we're out and we're going to go hold a press conference and we're going to tell the American people what they've already, what they already know, what all of you all already know, this is all about politics. And I, I think it's 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 larger than that. Nancy Pelosi does not want to talk about cr crime waves, rising inflation that's affecting every one of my constituents. Every time you go to the gas pump or the grocery store, she doesn't want to talk about uh, the the crisis at the border. She doesn't want to talk about the anti-Americanism that the left is pushing in our schools through critical race theory throughout the, the ranks of our military and all of our institutions, because all of that is a bad recipe for Democrats in the midterm election. She wants to talk about January 6th. And they hate Donald Trump, but they love to talk about Donald Trump. <laughs> so they want to use January 6th to beat up on Donald Trump. But they don't, they don't just want to beat up on Donald Trump. They want to beat up on all of you. They want to drag me and you and, and 75 million Americans who voted for Donald, Donald Trump through the mud and use this fake committee to do it. So, so Pat, uh, thank you for doing this, and thank you for, uh, for, for all you do for the conservative movement. But 
Uh, I mean, you're here, you're on the ground, you're with the people. How does it make you feel? This is an unprecedented move. I hope all of you understand that, that, that are in this Fort Wayne area and everybody that's watching this, is that this has never happened in the history of the United States Congress where the majority, the speaker, decides what the minority party, who the minority party can put onto a committee. The first time that's happened. Ever. Ever. Ever in the history of the United States. So how does it, I mean, how does it make you feel that your congressman was, was nuked by a, a congresswoman from San Francisco? Well, we went pretty quickly on the air on the program um, every afternoon from 3 to 6, 1190 a.m. <laughs> and uh, and, and I, I said, you know, you're Speaker of the House, and I, I, I respect the office of Speaker of the House, just like I respect the office of President. When you start abusing it, then I have a problem with you. She's the Speaker of the House. She's not Queen of the House. And so she can't sit there and decide who goes where and what goes where. I'm very glad, first of all, <laughs> if she did anything, she, uh, she has assured your re-election next year. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And, and, the, and that of Jim Jordan. But, but I mean, look, the, the Capitol Hill police were not equipped that day. She wasn't equipped for what was going to come in this committee because, you know, the Capitol Police need their guns and their shields and all that. When you go to your committee meeting or you go to a press conference or you come before the people and your weapon is truth, you're going to win every time because truth never moves. It doesn't change. Truth is the truth. January the 6th, the Capitol building was not ready. That has nothing to do with these gentlemen. It had nothing to do with Donald Trump. And so we spread it far and wide. Thank you. And, and, you know, I've been around the Capitol for a long time. And normally before an inauguration, they already have proper fencing up. They didn't have, this time they had little bicycle racks up. And then you, you've seen all the videos where they're just letting people, people go through. And those are the videos that the people took. But what's fascinating is, is that there's estimated to be 14,000 hours of video from the Capitol that hasn't been released. Yeah. And, you know, that's a real problem for, for many reasons. But but, you know, just due process, the people that are being prosecuted for this and then people whose homes are being ransacked by the federal government. I'm sure you heard about this, but this poor guy from New York that wasn't even in the Capitol. He actually had went to the rally, you know, which the last time I checked, we do have the right to assemble Simple, in yep. this country. So the guy was there. He went back to uh, to his hotel. Then he was walking around later. He said that he was, you know, he, he could see the Capitol. But he looked, it said there was really nothing going on. His neighbor turned him in. The FBI raided his house. And now the poor guy has had a stroke and he's, and he's ill from, what I, from the stories that I read. This is, this is wrong. You cannot, number one, have political prisoners. And then number two, you can't just start ransacking people's homes just because they showed up to a rally. We have a right, a right to do that. And, and you know, you're a lawyer. You've been around on this. So Not a lawyer. I thought you were a lawyer. I'm not. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Well, now I like you even more. I, I had to, I'm sorry. Uh, but just talk about the due process rights of these people that were there. Well, it's, it's such a big part of it. And that's why this, when we went to work rolling up our sleeves earlier in the week to get started working on this committee, there are so many questions that deserve answers. Why is it, why, why is it 300 times more likely for the Department of Justice to drop charges on riot, uh, BLM rioters in Portland than charges on, on those who, who were there on January 6th? These are questions that deserve answers, and nobody's demanding that those, that those questions be answered. Um, those are the types of questions that we were going to force the other side to, to answer. What, I, I talked about the head of the Capitol Police Union a little bit ago. 
Um, we wanted him to testify. I, I, I called the chairman of the committee, Benny Thompson, the day before Pelosi canceled me. And we were working under, under uh, an assumption that we were going to be working together. And I, I told him, you should call the head of the Capitol Police Union mm-hmm. to come and testify next Tuesday at, at next week's fake, uh, your first fake hearing. And he said no. Why does he not want to hear from the head of the Capitol Police Union? He has they 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 they're bringing four other police officers to testify, but why not the guy that represents ninety percent of of all of the Capitol uh, Police Department, the rank and file member? They don't want to hear from him because he will say things that divert from their message, that will take away from the mission that they have to use this as a political stunt. They don't they don't want the real answers, but they don't want answers to any of these questions because it doesn't fit their narrative. Right. So I want to switch gears uh, real quick before we let you go here, Jim, uh, because and I'll take you around the world uh, to Afghanistan. Uh, you served uh, honorably. Uh, you were in Afghanistan. Uh, obviously, I've been involved uh, there through my work on the House Intelligence Committee for many, many years. And, and what's happening there, in my opinion, is looking to be a complete catastrophe. And that doesn't mean we didn't need to do something different. We have to bring these wars to a close. Uh, but you were there. Uh, you served there. Uh, how do you view what's happening there, and what and what should be done? What's the proper way to roll out of Afghanistan, in your in your opinion? Yeah. Like all of you, I I want to bring our men and women home from Afghanistan, from the Middle Middle East. But at the same time, we all want to do that in a responsible way that ensures that we don't have to immediately go back and clean up a bigger mess. Barack Obama wrote the playbook on how disastrous what Joe Biden is doing today will be when he pulled out of Iraq yep. and then ISIS immediately built up and, and took over Iraq and that we had to go back. And it was, by the way, it was president Trump who defeated ISIS, just like he pro- yeah. promised you he would do. Now, now president Biden is going to, is, is literally as we speak, creating the same travesty in Afghanistan that Barack Obama created in Iraq, which will ensure that we will have to go go back at some point again, rather than the pathway that Donald Trump was building to pull us out in a responsible way. I serve on the Armed Services Committee, as all of you know, so I know that President Trump had a plan, and it was a, it was a responsible plan to get us out of Afghanistan. Joe Biden's plan is purely a political plan that's go- going to create a, a, da- a dangerous situation, not just in Afghanistan, but for the rest of the world that we're going to pay a big price for. Yeah, and you know, we've spent uh, w- billions of dollars uh, there in Kabul. And uh, I think there's a, there's, it seems like it's going to be very hard to keep our embassy open. I mean, you've been there. I mean, how, how are we going to secure that embassy you with can't. Taliban and Al Qaeda and everybody running around? Yeah, the, 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 the Taliban and ISIS K in Afghanistan are already taking over. I mean, the Taliban already controls the border between Afghanistan and Iran, for example. So you're having a a dangerous situation unfold on Joe Biden's watch that will be one of many pieces of a really bad presidential legacy. I mean, this president will go down history, I believe, already in just the first six months. He's he's proven he's gonna go down history as one of the worst presidents in American history. Well, he came out of his basement, and then we started to realize he couldn't talk. But so, so in terms of Afghanistan, I think that the likelihood here is is that Americans are going to get killed, right? And we're going to lose all that all that investment, and and not that there was a good solution there, but uh, but this looks to be like a, a real catastrophe. So, uh, Pat, let me uh, let me pass it over to you. 
Uh, final question for, for Jim. Well, I, I don't want to, and I wanted to ask Jim because he's been around armed forces a lot, uh, but also having served on the committee and having served in Afghanistan, are you believing that, first of all, when we pulled out, when we pulled out of the main base in Afghanistan, we did it in the secret of night. We didn't even let the people of Afghanistan know we were pulling out. So it was kind of like, hey, we're not here. You know, they come and knock on the door and we're, we're not answering. Nature abhors a vacuum. We created a vacuum, not just by leaving, but the way we left and how fast we left. What do you think the headlines are going to be in Afghanistan one year from today? You know, the, it, it's clear that it, it'll be sooner than one year from today that the, the Taliban will own Afghanistan or something worse. I mean, the ISIS is worse than the Taliban. So that vacuum uh, will create a situation that will become very dangerous. The reason that we fight there, fight the bad people there, so we don't have another situation like 9-11 here, so we don't have to fight them here. And um, for 20 years, we made mistake after mistake and nation building in a country where we couldn't influence that. But there was a responsible way that Donald Trump was setting the course for to leave a footprint of counterterrorism forces, a small, foot, a small uh, footprint of counterterrorism forces in Afghanistan so we would avoid the situation that's unfolding before our eyes. Yeah. One, one quick last question. So is Nancy Pelosi still on your Christmas list or did she get bumped? <laughs> Should I send her flowers? Yeah. <laughs> no. No, ice cream. Send her ice cream. Uh, yeah. She might be out. Her, her freezer might be low. Well, Jim, thanks for having me here. You're Congressman Jim Banks. Thank you for your service. Thanks, Jim.